episode nine of Lifting the Kilt on Men's Health, a podcast series runs by Men's Health Down Under. As you know, each episode we are focusing on a different area of men's health, and today once again I am joined by Brad Butt, pharmacist and founder of Men's Health Down Under. In today's episode we'll be having a chat about Peroni's disease, which is something I've never heard of but Brad tells me affects up to 16% of men. Hi Brad and welcome to today's podcast. This seems like a bit of a mystery topic to me. Where do we start? G'day Warwick. Yeah, it is a bit of an interesting topic. Maybe not too much of a mystery, but but a, but an interesting topic nonetheless. Yeah, Peroni's disease, it's an interesting one. It, it does occur in up to 16% of Aussie males. Um, depending on where you get your information from, it could be as, it could be as low as, you know, um, 4% as well. So, you know, the, the numbers vary a bit. And it's, I suppose it's interesting to note that because what we what we tend to find is that the majority of men that are affected with Peroni's disease um, fall within the age groups of you know between forty to seventy. Um, so we'd say it was fairly uncommon in in younger men, um, but but interestingly, I, I suspect that that could be as a result of the younger men being uh, embarrassed or not quite sure what what to do about it when they when they notice that they've got a bit of Peroni's. Um, so. So yeah, primarily primarily for men in the sort of forty to seventy age age group, um, but with you know younger men, younger men are going to have it as well. But we probably feel that it's under underreported in those guys because they don't quite know where to go. You know their parents might be might be around, and you know it's a difficult conversation to have. So Peroni's disease, Warwick, is um, you can get, end up with a, a bend in the penis. Primarily, it's a bend, but it could be a, like a a stricture like a, a a tightening around around the penis as well, or a narrowing of the penis. So it need not necessarily be a bend. Primarily, it is a bend, and the penis will bend a bit like a banana. Um, but it can present as like a rubber band around the penis or narrowing of the penis as well. So that that's typically how it looks. Uh, and as you can imagine, you know that can be a bit uncomfortable. I, I think it's important to note early on in this conversation as well, Rick, that. Peroni's disease, you wouldn't necessarily know you had Peroni's disease when the penis was in the flaccid state. It's, it typically becomes obvious when the penis becomes erect. And if I can if I can use the analogy of a party balloon, one of those long, thin, sausage-like balloons that clowns use, when a clown blows up the balloon, the party balloon, it, it, it's long and straight. But if you were to pinch that 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 party balloon in the flaccid state before it was blown up, if you pinched the side of it and blew the air in, the, the, the balloon will bend where that narrowing or the tightening is on the, uh, where it's been pinched and cause it to bend um, or become tight. So that's, that's essentially what's happening with Peroni's disease. When the penis becomes erect, because of some scar tissue or, or plaque uh, in the penis, uh, it, it bends or bows or looks, looks a bit different. So how, do we know why or how this occurs? Like you mentioned it was plaque uh, in the penis, but why? Yeah, so so that it's generally believed that Peroni's disease occurs uh, when the penis becomes injured. So that might be as a result of intercourse, and you know, in the heat of the moment, you, you know, the penis comes penis comes out, and as you you know, as the as the bloke goes to push the penis back in, um, you know, it catches and it can it can damage the penis, it can break the penis, I suppose, for want of a better word. Some of the guys. So, you know, I broke my penis. Um, I mean, you can't break it, obviously, because it's um, it, it's blood vessels full of blood. So it's not like a bone that you can break. But that that physical trauma 
uh, can can cause peronies, but it can be related. It can be related to other things as well. Um, what we what we know is that there can be a, a link between peronies and Jupiterin's contractures. Jupiterin's um, Google it if you're not sure what it is. D U P U Y T R E N S. Jupiterin's contractures occur in 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 men's hands and. It's typically, you know, if you look at the hand stretched out, if you stretch your fingers right out wide, you can see the Jupiterins and, and, and they're a tight bit on, on, the, uh, on the fingers or the palm of the hand um, of ligament. Um, so that's a, that can be an indication of some sort of a connective tissue disorder. Um, and that's often quite common for guys who spontaneously get peronies. Often they've got Jupiterins. Um, I suppose what I'm saying, Warwick, is that Yes, mild trauma to the penis is the most common reason, but we do find that. But there's there's reasons outside of this. So Jupiterins might mean you're more likely to get peronies. Um, other health issues such as high blood pressure, high, high blood sugar, tobacco use, or, or, or pelvic trauma can also lead to um, poor wound healing, and that can make make peronies more likely to occur. So if, if someone's been how do they get diagnosed? Is it just obvious, I guess, you, you're looking at your penis and you see that doesn't look right? I mean, is it when you're saying it's a it's a bend, is it could be in any direction? You know what I mean? Or, yeah, it can be up and down, left or right. It can be that tightening like a rubber band around the penis and or the, or the penis may just get narrow. You might think it doesn't look cylindrical. It looks like it's narrowing there for, for a couple of centimetres. Yep. So your first point of call is if things don't look the way they used to look, something maybe is going wrong. So obviously you head off to the GP um, and if they diagnose this, what what's the implications of this? I mean, does it keep getting worse? Is it just the way when you find it, that's it? Uh, what happens? That's right. So so obviously the, 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 main, the main thing that's going to alert somebody to the fact that, that they've got peronies is the penis is going to look different. It's going to be bent or it's going to be narrowed or, or distorted. It's not going to be quite normal in the erect state. Um, the thing that we do tend to find is that the guys can also report pain. So there can be some some pain. So peronies, if you will, is often, we, we break it up into two different categories or stages. We've got what we call the acute phase and the acute phase is when it first happens. So if you're having, you know, the intercourse was a bit, you know, you're a bit excited, you know, you pulled out, pushed in, penis became bent, um, you know, or, or however it got became injured, um, you'll get discomfort and, and, and some, some bending of the penis can start to occur. So we'd call that the acute, so the initial phase. Um, after the acute phase, so what, you know, you notice the pain, you notice the bend, it's just started. With time, it can tend to get worse. Um, and, and then it can become it can become a bit more chronic. So so what we'd say is that this acute phase where the the peronies is changing, the bend is changing, the way the penis looks is changing. It can last for for five to seven months or even longer. Um, during this initial period, the plaque plaque is like a toughening, a toughening, some scar tissue, some tissue loses the 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 penis loses some of its elasticity, and as we know. In the, in the flaccid state, the penis is short. As it gets erect, it becomes bigger. And, and we'd refer to that as elasticity. So the penis loses some of that elasticity in a very precise point. So it's not the whole penis loses its elasticity. It's at a very well-defined and identifiable point that this plaque tissue can, can occur. 
So the plaque can change, it can grow, it can um, become hardened over the first sort of six months or so. And during this time, the bending of the penis tends to get worse um, and there can be pain pain associated with it. So when the penis becomes erect, there, there can be an amount of discomfort or pain. And it can, the pain can vary from fairly mild to quite severe. The, the, the second phase, the chronic phase, which occurs typically after, the, after five to seven months of, of this bending and discomfort, is when the plaque has stopped growing. It's not going to get any bigger or any worse. And at this point, the penis doesn't bend or change anymore. Typically with the chronic phase, we don't have any pain with the erection. The pain is more associated with the first phase, that acute phase. I guess it's also important to note that sometimes peronies will sort itself out, you know. The literature suggests about 13% of cases will actually go away without any without any assistance. Um, and I think probably some of the guys would hope that they fall into this situation um, and maybe that's one of the reasons, Warwick, that we, we don't see a lot of the younger guys present is because they hope that it goes away. So like you said, yeah, if you notice the penis looking different, it's bent or it's constricted or changed, or if there's pain in the penis, the guys will typically present to the GP. Often the guys will take a take a photo of their penis in the erect state because we don't really want, as a patient, you don't really want to have to turn up to the doctor and say, oh, when I get an erection, my penis bends and the doctor says, oh, can you make it erect and let me have a look? So often a good idea is if you've got some bending or changing in the penis, try and get a photo of it on your phone so that when you do go to see the doctor, you can show them. Um, obviously, if you can do that when you go and see the GP, they'll say, right, that's that's beyond my level of, of capability. We need to refer you to the urologist. So so all of these guys would, would end up with the urologist and the urologist can make an assessment and see what's going on. Obviously, the urologist would be guided by a, a photo of the penis in the erect state, but sometimes the urologist will, will induce an erection uh, with one of the injectable medications so that they can actually properly assess what's going on. The urologist would would also, you know, touch and feel and see if they could identify the plaque in the in the flaccid penis. A lot of the time, the guys say that they can actually feel the plaque. They can feel a toughened bit of tissue in the penis. It's it doesn't feel all even and and, and normal, stretchy. Um, so that they would have a look at that, and then that'll guide treatment. Um, so then the the urologist would would recommend treatment. So so what are the implications if you've got this? Like the first thing, I guess, you've noticed it. What are the implications if you don't treat it? Um, what happens? I mean. Yeah, the best time to get onto it's early and that's always the case, isn't it? I think we've talked about that a couple of times in our podcast to date. If you notice something going on, deal with it early. Um, so so in the acute phase, it's slightly slightly more easy to manage uh, and it's about stopping it from progressing to the to the chronic phase Um where it's more bent. Once it gets to the chronic phase and, you know, the, the bend is quite significant, um, you know, we, we can still work on it, um, but it's harder. So the implications of peronies, and I'm talking here, Warwick, about peronies where there's a bend in the penis is it can make intercourse either A, uncomfortable, or B, impossible. Um, so to give you an example, if the penis is bent 90 degrees at, at the base, i.e. when the penis becomes erect rather than it standing up, and poking straight out in front of the body, it's bent completely to the side. Intercourse is is, is very difficult. Um, equally, if it's and it could be bent at any direction. If the bend occurs more down near the glands, the head of the penis, you know, and say for instance the the penis bends at the glands ninety degrees upwards, equally it makes it really hard to have penetrative sex. 
So, so, so the main implication is that it makes intercourse either painful or difficult. Um, so, you know, it's not, not like it's going to be an issue with urination uh, as a rule because you're, you're urinating with a non-erect penis. I think that's important to point out. Um, beyond that, you know, the, there can be discomfort and we do want to try and stabilise it as early as possible. So get into the doctor as soon as possible and the urologist will help with some strategies and things that they, that they can prescribe that can help. So when you're saying um, earlier, you're saying about a bend in the, in the penis. And obviously, it can be up to ninety degrees. It's not just a slight bend we're talking about. If you if you let this go, it can bend quite significantly. Obviously, yeah, that's right. And I think it's important to note also, Warwick, for any of the anyone listening, that the penis does not does naturally have a bit of a bend upward anyway. So you know you wouldn't necessarily say it was straight as a die in the erect straight erect state anyway. So most men have got a slight a slight bend upwards in their penis as a rule, and we would consider that very normal. So no need to fret if that's, um, if that's you. Right. So what's, um, if you've got this, what can you do about it? I guess what's, what's the management um, or, or is, there a, is there a fix for it? What, what, what do you do? What does, it look like for, what does it look like in terms of treatment and management? So, you know, a couple of years ago in Australia, there used to be an injection that the doctors could give you that was, that was helpful. Um, that's been, we're not, we're not using that in Australia anymore. Um, so largely now treatment involves use of some sort of traction device or vacuum pump. So the idea of a vacuum pump is that it stretches the penis, both in terms of length and girth. And in doing that, it can help break up some of that, that plaque or the scar tissue that's forming. So that's a reasonably useful thing to do. The other thing that we see used is traction devices. And I don't know that we've talked about traction devices in the the podcast to date, but the traction devices are things like the Peony Master. And these traction devices attach to the glands of the penis, to the head of the penis, and they've got arms, typically rods, if you will, that run one on either side of the of the penis. And they run down the down the shaft and they've got a base plate that pushes and normally go, the penis goes, you almost need it. We need to do a, a video version of this. But the penis goes through the base plate. It's a circular piece that goes around the pelvis and it's stretched um, by two arms that run parallel down the shaft of the penis and a piece that attaches to the head of the penis or the glands. And essentially what it's doing is it's pulling the penis away from the body under a fair bit of pressure and stretching it out. The traction device, we call them traction devices, that they, they tend to apply a fair bit of pressure to the penis to stretch it lengthways. So a pump, like I said, stretches it lengthways a bit and girth, whereas the traction device will stretch it just in terms of the length. Um, the traction devices can put up to 20 kilos of pressure on the penis. So it's a fair bit of weight if you consider, you know, a bag of concrete weighs 20 kilos. You can imagine having that tethered to the end of your penis that's that's you know up to the weight that you that can be applied by some of these traction devices in an effort to to straighten it out um so that tends to be the mainstay of, of therapy is traction and it's often combined by uh, combined with some medication um both both prescription medication like the viagra style medications to increase blood flow uh, if we increase blood flow to the penis we can get the plaque to heal um to repair more more effectively once once we're using traction devices um, or vacuum pumps. Um, there's some suggestion that vitamin E can be useful both orally and rubbed in topically. So vitamin E capsules orally once a day or using something like the topical vitamin E oils, again, which comes through pharmacy. Um, you can use a small amount of that rubbed onto the area where the, where the pronies is um, twice a day 
for the duration of treatment as well. Um, the duration of treatment tends to be about six months. So it's six months with a vacuum pump or a traction device or both, um, plus the oral medication, um, including like your Viagra-style medications that need to be prescribed by the doctor, the urologist or the GP, um, in combination with you know vitamin E. There's also some suggestion that some of the other medications um, that, that are on script can be beneficial, things like colchicine. Colchicine is um, typically used for gout, um, but there's some some suggestion that it can help with uh, inflammation uh, in the in the vascular tract and can help with plaque reduce plaque formation, um, and a few other vitamins and supplements that can be prescribed by um, by GPs or, or the urologist. So those sorts of things can be helpful. I think it's probably important to note as well with treatment that will the penis ever be straight as an arrow? No, probably not. Will the penis be straight for the purpose of intercourse and, and intimacy? The hope is yes, that's that's really what we're hoping to get to. And we want to stabilise that plaque. Like I talked about the acute stage and the chronic stage before, we want, we want if we're going to be in the chronic stage, we want that plaque to be stabilised so that the bend doesn't get any worse. Um, so if we can get onto it early and arrest, arrest that plaque formation in the acute stage, we're going to have a straighter penis going forward. And I think that's that's one of the real important things to note. In the case whereby the traction medications, both orally and rubbed in topically, aren't doing what the what the patient needs, there are other options. Um, and, and this is a bit out of my scope of practice, I suppose, Warwick, but there's there's some suggestion that ultrasound or, or shockwave therapy can be of benefit. Um, you know, this can be done by physiotherapists sometimes. Would that would that be similar, Brad, to like how they use it to break down kidney stones? Is it to try and break down the plaque? Is that correct? Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, and I don't know. I think the evidence is the evidence is emerging. So there's suggestion that it's beneficial, and, and it's really hard where where you're doing um, physical treatments with medical devices. The, there's not as much evidence for them. And I, and I think we're seeing more and more evidence for shockwave therapy and ultrasound therapy um, these days, than, you know, pro- certainly than we were seeing for Peroni's management 10 years ago. And there's certain physios and men's health, men's sexual health GPs that are using this sort of technology um, and, and using it to varying degrees of success. So failing, failing traction and um, oral medications, failing ultrasound or shockwave therapy, uh, you know, the, 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 the likelihood is that it might require a bit of surgery. We try and avoid surgery as a rule because as soon as you start doing surgery on the penis to remove the plaque, you, short, you end up with a shorter penis and that's not ideal. Um, and, of course, as, as soon as you start cutting into, into tissue, there's risk of, scar, risk of scarring and you know, those other surgical complications that can occur. So surgery is probably a last-ditch effort to, to get it resolved. Um, there's some of the doctors are doing really interesting stuff with injections into the penis of different medications. Um, I think the evidence... The, 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 um, the jury's still out on some of these things, but it's interesting to note that, that they exist um, because patients will typically go looking and see this stuff. So, yeah, there's injections... Um, even things like DSMO, which I don't know a great deal about, but you can, you, know, you can rub it into the penis and these sorts of things can help with um, breakdown of the scar tissue um, of the plaque that's causing, that's causing the issue. So you mentioned about the, the traction device. Is that like, so if someone's, that sounds like, uh, especially with your patients, that's one of the more common 
um, treatments, how, how often are they doing that and for how long? Because it doesn't sound like it's something that's maybe all that practical. Yeah, there's a couple of different devices on the market. Um, so um, the, the Peony Master, which is the one we'd probably see used most frequently, um, would be used for up to four hours each day um, and would be used for up to six months at a time. A vacuum erection device would be used for 10 to 30 minutes a day and um, would be used again for up to for up to six months. There's other devices like uh, the, the Andro Peroni is another one, um, another traction device. It works by holding the glands of the penis and pulling it away from the body. It would be used for a couple of hours at a time um, for up to six months. You've got to be careful that you don't restrict blood flow when you're using these devices because they all work by holding the, the head of the penis. Um, you know, there's a risk that they can Im- impact on on blood flow to the penis. And we've got to make sure that we, we maintain blood flow. If we if you put a, a constriction ring around the penis, it should only remain on for half an hour because it impacts on blood flow. So equally with these traction devices, we don't want to be reducing the flow of blood to the penis because that can actually do it damage. So the Peony Master's got a, an interesting little head. Um, you'll have to Google it, but it's got a, a, an adhesion cap that pulls the penis. It sucks it in, sucks the head of the penis, the glands of the penis into this um, rigid plastic device. And that's how it attaches to the penis. So it's actually not applying any pressure to the vascular tract, to the blood vessels in the penis. It's working by a, a suction method to hold the, the penis to pull it away. The Androperoni that I talked about before, it's got a, a strap or a tether that goes over the shaft of the penis to lock the penis into a cradle, which then pulls the penis away from the body. There, there, there's likely some blood flow restriction issues there. So you've got to be a bit careful there. The other device that is used a little bit is called the Restorex. The Restorex um, is you it, it clamps down on the penis. That's how it attaches to the to the shaft of the penis, and it, so it clamps down on it to to bind it to then pull it away. Um, so it would likely restrict blood flow as well. But the difference with the Restorex is that it's used for for sessions of fifteen to thirty minutes, a couple of times a day. So it's a little more user friendly in that respect. Um, uh, but again, each to their own. I think it's a, it's probably a fairly large, bulky device, uh, but we're seeing it used more as well. So they're the three devices we tend to see used most frequently. Great. That's um. Is is there much more on this topic, Brad? I know it, it's obviously a big a big topic, and it's one I hadn't heard of before. Is there more information? Just I guess before we wrap up today's podcast, I don't I don't know that there's terribly much more to be said about it. See the doctor. Get in early. If there's any pain in the penis. Um, that's a good indication that you've got on it early and it's a good opportunity to go and see the doctor and the urologist to to get it all assessed. Um, I think it's interesting to note, and this is more just an aside, we, we tend to find that men that have had um, prostate cancer surgery or prostatectomy might be at, at a higher incidence of, of um, peronies. And like I said before, that can come back to the fact that there's been some sort of pelvic trauma. Um, so so a blood flow can be impaired. So perhaps these guys, because of the, the surgery, they can be at a slightly higher risk of getting Peyronie's disease. So I know a number of our listeners will be, be prostate cancer patients. So for them, it's important to, to note if you are noticing any changes to the penis, get in and talk to your urologist nice and early about it so that something can be done. And I guess, dare I say it, you know, at the end of the day, if, if Peyronie's is really severe and it's not getting any better and it's really impacting on a, on a guy's um, sex life, you know, the urologist can actually do a penile implant um, and we can talk about this another time, but the penile implants um, 
you know, go in, there's two different types. There's a, a malleable rod, so the a rod that goes in, two rods that go into the penis that keep it in the erect state all the time. And obviously, if the penis has got an implant in it, it's not going to be, it's not going to bend or be bent. So that sort of uh, implant can be beneficial. Or one of the ones that blow up, like the, it's called the Triton. Uh, there's a couple of different ones, but the Triton certainly one that I'm familiar with that that can be can be used implanted into the penis and obviously overrides any any bending or bowing of the penis but that that's a pretty pretty drastic and and um a scenario that would be used you know quite a way down the track for guys that weren't getting any any improvement or satisfaction from you know traction devices oral medications um, and that didn't particularly want to have, you know, um, corrective surgery. Mm. But in your experience, generally there's a reasonable um, outcome with non-invasive treatments if you can get onto this early. I think getting onto it early is, is the critical part, yeah. I mean, the and, and being compliant as well. Um, you know, compliance, wearing a device four hours a day can be tricky. So, so I think that it's important to acknowledge that. Um, and obviously there's motivation from the guys to do something about it because it can impact on their on their intimacy. Um, so there is the motivation to do it, but compliance is really important with whatever the device is that you're using or the shockwave therapy or the medication. Um, it's important to maintain compliance to get the best result. And, and like I said, Warwick, that's notwithstanding the fact that we're probably not going to get a penis that's as straight as an arrow again. You know, there'll be some curvature to the penis probably forever thereafter, but the critical bit is that it doesn't get any worse and that it doesn't impact on, on a guy's ability to have, to have you know, successful and rewarding um, intimacy with their partner. Fantastic. Thanks, thanks, Brad, for today's episode. That was a really interesting topic, something I've never heard anything about before and obviously affects quite a few um, men and I think it falls very much into that category of maybe unspoken topics um, that uh, Men's Health Down Under is all about, especially this podcast series. So thanks very much for uh, your time today. Now, if people wanted to contact you or they want a bit more information, where would they go? Yeah, uh, the website's best place to find all the resources. So www.menshealthdownunder, all one word, men's with an S, healthdownunder.com.au. Or you can get us on the phone, one 00 mhdu which is which equates to one 00 six four three eight uh, or find us on the socials so we're on facebook men's health than under or instagram um they're also reasonable ways to come through to us fantastic thanks very much brad and uh we'll catch up with you soon for our next episode thanks warwick some of the information in this podcast may be of a medical nature including discussions about medical conditions treatments and other insights related to patients experiences the opinions and advice articulated in the podcast are intended to be general in nature and do not constitute specific medical advice or opinion. Please refer to your own doctor or healthcare team or one of the Men's Health Done Under practitioners if you have a specific question or concern. <laughs>